If you want to turn to John chapter 4, verses 13 to 15. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto her, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. For the next few moments, if you give me 20 to 30 minutes of your time, I'd like to preach about the importance of the inflow and the outflow. The importance of the inflow and the outflow. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come into your sanctuary to worship your holy name, to magnify you and exalt you. God, we are grateful for the Holy Ghost and what it does in our life. I ask you, Lord, that you anoint me one more time to speak to your wonderful people, God. Use me as a tool, and then you can toss me to our side until you desire to use me once again. God, we give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And just for clarification, I will preach it from the context when it comes to the inflow where we receive what God has for us or what he pours out in our life, for example, the Holy Ghost, but also the outflow, how, what we can do in his kingdom to pour out into your others. Make sense? So I was thinking of a person. Uh, who, was, who, 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 who could you preach about or talk about who um, lived in the inflow but also operated in the outflow? How about Bishop Frank Bounce? Bishop Bounds, at some point, I don't know what year it was, uh, lived in the info when God poured out his spirit and he received it and he began to speak in tongues as the spirit gave utterance. There was other times in his life where he was faithful to attendance that God began to pour out different things where he received visions and, and calling to do a work for God. And long behold, he was going to a church out of holler, if I'm not mistaken, um, late Bishop Johnny Hurley. And as he was going, attending this church, at some juncture in his life, he felt a calling to be a pastor. And then it, God led him to this little church, a little uh, place called Glen Ferris. And then before we had all of this, it was a small, run-down school building. Now, I wasn't there, but they said rats ran around. And I doubt they was running in the spirit. <laughs> And if I'm mistaken, I think if I, somebody was playing the piano and a bird nest fell on the head, wouldn't that ruin the service? <laughs> You're sitting there trying to pray, and then boom, something happens like that. Even his own admission, he said he had ministers and friends that did not see what he saw. But because he was willing not just to live in the info, but also operate in outflow. You say, you know what? It may not look what it's going to be, but I'm going to put my hands to the plow and to do the work of the Lord. And lo and behold, that church began to grow to extent. 
It keep growing and growing until 1996. You see the facility that we have now. Well, uh, they had to outgrow that old school building. And now we have a beautiful sanctuary. But once again, Brother Pat, he had to work in the outflow. He had to give time hanging up sheetrock. He had to give his time to hanging these sanctuaries. He had to get time and hours of prayer and consecration and studying God's word. And look what happened to one man who was really not just to live in the inflow, but operate in the outflow. That, uh, 32 years later, I would say over a thousand people was affected through one man. I'm not giving Bishop Frank Bounds the glory. I'm giving the glory to God. But it Church, I am excited to see what God is willing to do in your life if you're willing to step out of the inflow and operate in the outflow. So, back to the story. Jesus was going to Judea, to Galilee. Now, the sort of distance pretended to mean you had to go through Samaria. But because of the Jews and their hatred for the Samaritans who happened to be half-breed, they was half-Jew and half-Gentile, they had such a hatred and prejudice toward these people that they would travel outside the skirts of Samaritan to go outside of the way to get to the next country. But notice what God said in John 4 and 4. He must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go. Why did he phrase it like that? The Amplified Version said he had to go to Samaria because he had a foreknowledge of a Samaritan woman that was going to need minister to. And it just like our God, if you study the four Gospels, you will find out Jesus never chased after crowds. He went after people. For example, Legion, who was possessed with thousands of different demonic spirits. God went through a, a dangerous sea just to get to this man and when he did that legion came to Jesus and fell at his feet and began to worship him and ultimately God delivered him and restored this man's sanity how about the parable of the hundred sheep the 99 he left the 99 for what that one that was lost because in God's philosophy is this one soul going to hell is one soul too many and he had to go to a place in Samaria to minister to this woman. Because he cares about one. When do the angels rejoice? When a thousand? When a hundred? When one, right, comes to repentance. And so, here is Jesus going to, through Samaria. And uh, he was weary from his journey. And he went to this Jacob. He had to stay, um, relax at the Jacob's well. And he sends his disciples away. And while he sit there, the Samaritan woman comes at the sixth hour of the day. Now that's noon. And the reason why it's kind of crucial is because most of the time women would go in the evening to escape the hottest part of the day. But this woman obviously had a past. And to avoid other people, she went at the hardest part of the day. Little did she know that on that faithful day, she was going to meet Christ. Amen. And John 4 and 7 says this, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, 
give me drink. Then said the woman of Samaria to him, How is it that thou be a Jew? Ask his drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Now this woman obviously knew this man was a Jew. Like we said in the beginning, the Jews had nothing to do with the half-breed. But this paints a beautiful picture where God says, I don't care where you come from. I don't care the color of your skin. I don't care if you committed adultery or you committed fornication. Only thing I care is if you're willing to come to me and I will meet you where you're at and minister to you. If you come with a repentance heart, I will pour out my spirit. He does not care. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And that promise is for everybody. And I'm grateful to know that that salvation message didn't start at Jerusalem, but it went to Judea. But they went to Samaria across every globe until it hit here in Glen Ferris where we experienced that same salvation message. Amen. Is this making sense so far? So, and then this woman... And Jesus answered unto her in 4 and 10. Now she was confused about this well. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would give thee living water. The gift of God is the Holy Ghost. And as she was talking to Jesus, this first part in 10, she was thinking about this well, this man-made well there's something about a man-made well it can never quench your thirst it can never give you what the spirit can give you but there thankfully there is another well a well of living water a well of living water that gives you life more abundantly in the living water it gives you hope it gives you joy and it gives you love he's upon the holy ghost will stick closer to you than a brother amen the living water. Jesus says, if you believe on me as the scripture says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I don't want just the Holy Ghost to impact me, but I want an overflow effect when it's impacting my family, my sisters, my co-workers. I don't want to just work in the info, but I want to operate in the alpha. <laughs> David said it. You set a table in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Oh, Sister Angie, I want the Holy Ghost to have an overflow effect. I just want to be full. I want to have an overflow. And so, Jesus is speaking to this woman. And uh, he begins to ta- tell her. Now, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of confused here. Now, so Jesus calls this woman out and points out that she had um, asked, asked her, go get your husband. And she said, I have no husband. And he said, well, you, you speak well, but you have had five husbands. And the man you're with now is not yours. And as this progression happens in her life, she went from looking at this person as just a Jew. Now she thinks, man... Is this a prophet? 
But then as he continued to talk to the Lord, he talks about the uh, true worshipers, uh, how God seeks as much for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. And God says he is the spirit, right? And we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, and uh, the, the response of the Samaritan woman is, uh, I know of a Messiah named Christ who would teach us all things. She had a revelation who Christ was. He, she knew that there could be a Messiah that was an anointed one, the promised deliverer of the Jews. But then Jesus looks at her and says, I am he that you speak to. And this is where I want to transition this message. It went from um, the Samaritan woman receiving a word from God, living in the outflow. But as soon as she realized who Christ was, she went to her community and she began to speak to people about this man named Jesus. She began to tell them about how he was able to look at her and tell her about the things that he dealt with. And instantly, she went from the inflow to the outflow and began to work as an evangelist, reaching the lost. And this is what I want to preach. Is that, Brother Pat, you talked about the power of our testimony. You say, Brother Josh, what can I do? What can I say? How do we overcome the enemy? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And if we're willing to go out and be a beacon of light, a beacon of hope, and tell somebody about God who produced a living water, that you, when you drink of him, you will never thirst again. Oh, come on, church. Somebody near the teeth, tell somebody about Jesus. We are the light of the Lord in a city that's on a hill that cannot be hid. We must go from the inflow where we receive what God has, but then we must work in the outflow. But another point is this. Day of Pentecost. Oh, Jesus tell the disciples to go. To wait. Preach repentance remission in my name, beginning at Jerusalem, that you will be endured with the power from on high. And then as these disciples make their way to the upper room, and as they sit there and praying and seeking the face of God, the Bible says in the day of Pentecost fully come, they are all one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound of heaven of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and they appeared unto them cloven tongues like of fire and they began to speak in other tongues as spirit gave them utterance. Now when they was up in the upper room, they was they disconnected from this world to connect to another world. And as they were in that upper room, in the inflow, if you will, receiving the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, there was people downstairs people that came and realized how is it that these Jews speak of my language now some of them thought they was drunk but Peter stood up and said we're not drunk as you suppose being at the third hour nine in the morning and then he began to preach Jesus to them about the one that they crucified and they were pricked in their heart and they asked him what shall we do and then Peter preached the same message that we preach today and that we're going to preach thousands of years if we're still here that you must repent and be baptized in Jesus name for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost but I want you to get this they were in the upper room 
experiencing with God. But at some point in their life, they had to step down from the upper room. And they had to go down to the street level and begin to minister to the saints. They had to step out of the upper room to do a work for God. Listen, I believe there are times in our life where we have a prayer secret closet. Where we are disconnected from this world to connect to another world. But at some point, we got to step out of the inflow and go to the outflow and go preach and teaching, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What is that name? Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. If they would have never stepped out of the upper room, would there have been 3,000 added to the church daily, Brother Kevin? Who knows? But like you said, brother, it took all 120 to step out of the upper room to go to the streets. And when they did that, things just happened. When we go, when we begin to operate in outflow, who knows what's going to happen in our life? And then what about, uh, uh, there's another story about a man named Peter and John as they were walking into the temple. There was a man who was lame, who, uh, who never walked a day in his life. And as they, as Peter and John approached, this man was asking, begging for money. And Peter said, silver and gold, have I none? Man, have you guys ever felt like that? I mean, I, sometimes I see these people begging for money. I said, man, I need money. <laughs> no, that's horrible. I should have said that. <sighs> Pastors were serious. They preach, Brother Josh, preach. But as they walked to this man, he said, silver and gold have I none. But what I give to you, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. While Brother Morgan was preaching, God impressed something on my life. He told me that, when, uh, that the miracles that I've done in your life should produce other miracles. The healings that I did in your life should produce other healings. Your testimonies should produce other testimonies. It doesn't have to be complicated. When you go out, just give them Jesus. Tell them about how he helped you in a time of need. Tell them about how you was lonely and had no one, but he was there to love you. Tell them about how you was bound in addiction to drugs, but God set you free. Just give them Jesus. It doesn't have to be a 10-week lesson in Bethel series. It just has to be Jesus. I hope this makes sense. You guys stand. I hope this message came across to you this evening. Uh, God, I, I was wondering how to end, or what to say, or how to end the service. And um, God uh, impressed these scriptures in my heart. Moses, when he was about to die, he was getting old. Jesus, oh sorry, God, he wasn't Jesus, his name wasn't Jesus yet. When God spoke to Moses, said, go get Joshua. And this is what he says in Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto the fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doeth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be a dismayed. What I want to 
What God wanted to say is when we were creating the outflow and we were going to give people Bible studies or weeks in the loss, there may be some pushback, but be strong and of good courage. God goes before us. He will be with us and he won't forsake us. We don't have to fear nor be dismayed because when it comes to souls, God is not going to let things happen because he cares about that so more than you possibly ever could. And I just want to be a, a tool in God's kingdom. I I want to be used and I just this next few moments if you would just lift your hands because have you ever worked a physical labor job eight hours I mean I dig a hole once for like six hours I was beat man but afterwards I noticed brother Jared I was tired I was gutted I needed food and I needed rest the same principles apply when we are working in the outflow, it will be so, we, will, we are so busy. It's already happening now. Where we're going to be so busy working in the outflow. There got to be times where we go back home in the morning and before you go to bed. Where we find in our secret place where we are praying to our Father and allowing Him to um, refill us with supernatural strength so we can go back the next day and to be operated in the outflow and witness to His people. So in the next few moments, I ask you this evening, lift your hands and begin to pray to God and receive everything that he has for you receive his spiritual boldness receive his strength receive his spirit so that you can be a tool in his kingdom that you can reach a lost soul he's just looking for somebody who is willing to go and offer a Bible study he is looking for somebody who is willing to spend two hours with the soul and talk to them about the troubles and to give them Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus.